Let's pray. I am deeply thankful, Father, that as I meditated on these verses yesterday, you promised to be my helper. And as I now stand to unfold some of them, you promise again, I won't let my word go out and return empty. So I feel emboldened to pray that wonderful things will happen now. And I am especially jealous that the peace that passes all understanding will guard the hearts and minds of your people in Christ Jesus. And that thereby, you, Father, will get great glory. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. So come and do your great peace-giving work and do your great glory-getting work. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it seems to me that some of the sweetest words in all of our Christmas traditions are, for unto us a child is born... And unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. And the way that gets turned up here, verse 11, for unto you a child is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on the earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. So what I want to do this Christmas is exult with you in the glories of this word of God, especially verse 11 and verse 14, 14 especially. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. And verse 11 For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Those two verses, 11 and 14, is where we'll focus. For unto you is born this day. It happened on a day, a day in history, not a day in mythological, imaginary stories, A day when Caesar Augustus was emperor of Rome, Quirinius was governor of Syria, a real place, Syria, it's in the news. (coughs) Dustin and Kelly live there. They heard the car bombs explode from their apartment. This is a real place. When a governor was there, God came on a day. A day planned in eternity before the creation of the world. A day, indeed, that the universe was prepared for, all the galaxies. The earth was made for this day and all that this day means in history. For by him all things were created 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were made through Christ and for Christ. This day, this place, this country was put there for this Christ. A day that was decreed before the ages began. And when the time was perfectly full, the day happened. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. It was a perfect day. Fullness. It didn't happen a day early, and it didn't happen a day late. It happened on a day. Unto you this day is born in the city of David. It happened in a city. It didn't happen in Narnia. It didn't happen in Middle Earth. It didn't happen in a galaxy far, far away. It happened in a city about 7,000 miles from Minneapolis. My mother was killed in that city, 1974. This is a real city. It was a bus accident, in case you wonder. This is a real city. Bethlehem is a real place. The name is Bethlehem. Chapter 2, verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Bethlehem, six miles outside Jerusalem. Bethlehem, the home of Jesse, who was the father of David, the great king. Bethlehem, the city that Micah, 750 years before the day, said, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. It was a city where he came, just like Minneapolis, Burnsville, Moundsview. I don't know if you've ever wondered... Since it was decreed for so long ahead of time that it would be Bethlehem, why did you choose a virgin from Nazareth? Well, just to show how he can do things, like put it in the heart of an emperor to tax the world to get this girl to where the prophecy said she's supposed to be. Our God is not efficient. He's just big really big, and likes to show off. He will be worshipped for ruling the empire. I will get her where she needs to be on the perfect day, in the perfect city, with a global tax, if I have to. A Savior. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, If you've ever committed a sin against God, you need a Savior. The angel said to Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
That's why we need a Savior. We have sinned. Everybody has sinned. We have sinned against God. Only God can forgive sins. So if, if somebody walked up here in a minute and punched Kevin out right there, that's Kevin, punched him out. And I stepped down and I looked that person in the face and said, I forgive you for punching Kevin. Kevin should look at me and say, he punched me. I'm the one who has to forgive him for punching me. Only God can forgive sins. Which is why he sent his son because his son was himself. Jesus said, the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sin. And that's why they wanted to kill him. Who has authority to forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus said, I do. And you're right. He's a savior. We need him very, very badly. Who is the Christ? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ. Christ, the English word for Christos, which is the Greek word for anointed one, which is the meaning of Messiah, the long predicted, long awaited fulfiller of all the promises, the final anointed king, the final anointed prophet, the final anointed priest, anointed above all his brothers. He would fulfill the hopes and dreams of godly Israel and more, vastly more, the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, the Lord, the ruler, the sovereign, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the ruler of the universe, the Lord of all lords. For unto us a child is born, this is Isaiah 6, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. Of the increase of his rule, the governorship of all things there will be no end. He is Absolutely Lord of all lords. Never-ending, universal, sovereign governance. So, on a day in real history, in a city, in a real world, the Savior to take away all guilt, the Christ to fulfill all hopes, the Lord to defeat all enemies and make us safe and satisfied forever was born. So I want to exult with you this Christmas that a great Savior, Jesus the Christ the Lord, on a day in a city was born to save us from our sins. And when the angel had announced this news to the shepherds, verse 11, and pointed them to the place where the baby would be found, that angel was joined by an army. That's the meaning of the word host, an army of angels. Evidently, 
to deliver the news, an angel can do that. To respond to the meaning of the news, the implication of the news, takes an army of angels to do that. And suddenly, verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. So the joyful news that on a day in the perfect fullness of time, perfectly prophesied city, a Savior was born, that news can be delivered by an angel. But the outcomes of that news, the purposes of that news, the response to that news requires an army of angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. The coming of this child will be the greatest revelation of the glory of God, even in the heights of heaven. Glory to God in the highest. Be, be glorified in the highest because of this. The coming of the Son of God into the world to do his work was the greatest manifestation of the glory of God ever. And the coming of this child would bring peace to God's people who would one day fill the whole earth like the waters cover the sea. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Isaiah. Of the increase of peace, there will be no end. Oh, God, hasten that day. First and foremost, the outcome is God is glorified because this child is born. And second, Peace spreads everywhere this child is received. These are great purposes for the coming of Jesus. Glory ever ascending from man, peace ever descending from God. You see that? This child came, an army of angels shows up to declare, what's that about? It's about Glory ever ascending from man to God and peace ever descending from God to man. That's what that's about. God getting glory, us getting peace. That's what it is. That's the purpose of the incarnation. It's the purpose of the universe being prepared for the incarnation that God would be seen as infinitely glorious, that we would get never-ending peace. That's breathtaking. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. The old King James Version made its way into some carols, says, on earth peace, goodwill to men. Virtually all the modern translations do not agree 
with that translation, and I think they are right not to agree with it. And therefore, the NIV says, And on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The NASB says, On earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. The ESV says, And on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. And the point is that even though God in coming offers peace to the whole world, only his people receive it and enjoy it forever. Listen to this remarkable little statement from Luke 6, I mean Luke 10, 6, that tip us off as to what he means by those who are in his favor. Luke 10, 5, and 6, Jesus says to his disciples, whatever house you enter, say, peace be to this house. That's the offer to everyone, every house. Verse 6, and if a son of peace is there, there they are. There they are. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. God's peace is offered to the world and the sons of peace will have it. And those who are not sons of peace will not have it. They will make peace their own way or no peace at all. Peace among those with whom God is pleased, on whom his favor rests. So if you wonder, am I a son of peace? Am I in this promise in verse 14 that peace will come to those with whom he's pleased? The answer is, if you receive the peacemaker, you have the peace. Yes, you will. You prove yourself to be a son of peace, a child of light, a child of God, a sheep, if you receive the peacemaker. If you stiff arm the peacemaker, you won't have the peace. My hope tonight and my prayer, earnestly, is that you won't stiff-arm the peacemaker this Christmas. My desire, as I set myself to choose this text, I chose it for the second half of verse 14. I knew exactly where I wanted to go, where I wanted to end. Everything else has been prelude to this part of the sermon here because I need this a lot. And I am aware of how many of you do. Maybe I'm not. I just know there are a lot. Peace. There are global aspects to this peace. It will have no end of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end. There will be peace in Syria someday. King Jesus will be the Prince of Peace over Syria someday. And over every land on the planet, however he brings it about, he will be the king reigning on the planet. There will be only righteousness, only the supreme governance of Jesus, and there will be perfect peace for all the sons of peace. And I want you to taste that. I want you to enjoy that because Jesus came into the world in advance of that day to inaugurate the peace in the people of peace. He, he broke in early 
landed and said, I'm here to make peace and to bring a sword. Houses will be divided, three against two and two against three. Don't we know? But I came to bring it, and I'll offer it to every house. And so what I want to do is just lead you to three relationships of peace God would like you to enjoy Christmas 2011 at home and everywhere else. Peace with God, peace with yourself, and peace with other people. And I'll just point you to a beautiful passage of Scripture for each of those And we'll pray that God would work it, because that's why he came. When I say peace, I don't simply mean the absence of conflict or animosity. I mean the presence of joyful tranquility and as much richness of interpersonal communication as you are capable of. Richness of back and forth, richness and sweetness of back and forth. Nothing awkward, nothing tense, nothing subterranean, just open, free, sweet, eyeball to eyeball, no agenda, peace. That's what we're after. So let's look at these. Let me start with the key. The key. The key. There's more than one. The key to each of these three relationships of peace is keeping together what the angels kept together. Glory to God. Peace to us. Together. If you say... I don't have any interest in, love for, admiration of, treasuring of the glory of God. I just want the peace. You won't get it. You can't separate the two. The angels won't let you. God won't let you. God's purpose is to give you peace by being the most glorious person in your life. Five times in the New Testament, God is called the God of peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And Paul said, Jesus is our peace. Therefore, if you say, I want the peace, I don't want the glorious God. I want the peace, I don't want the sovereign Jesus. You won't have the peace. He will be our peace. By being our God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. The angels have it right. The angels keep it together. If we want peace to rule in our lives, God must rule in our lives. He is our peace. So, the key to peace 
is glory to God and peace to man kept together. A heart bent on showing the glory of God will know the peace of God. What holds these two together? A heart that is bent on glorifying God, making much of God, displaying the beauty of God, admiring God, treasuring God, cherishing God, hallowing God's name, and enjoying tranquility and peace and candor and and openness and readiness to forgive and receptive hearts, not pushing people away, but welcoming people in, even long-lost enemies. What, What keeps those together? Faith, faith, believing the promises of God bought by the blood of Jesus. And there's a key text, been so precious in my life. I love this text. Just a little simple verse from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I don't think you give me much clearer. How will I enjoy joy and peace from the God of hope? How will I? What connects me to that God and his peace? In believing, by believing, through believing the promises bought by the blood of Jesus. That will be another key as we look at each of these relationships. So, here we go. Number one, peace with God. This peace, this peace right here, is foundational to all other peace. If you try to make peace with your mind and your heart and all the guilt and anxiety that comes again and again, without that peace, and if you try to hold a family together and to make peace at work, you will maybe achieve some brief, superficial measures, but it won't last, especially into eternity. All peace inwardly and peace outwardly is based on this vertical experience of, do I have peace with God? Is it open and clear with God? Are we friends? So the key text, as you might guess where I would go, is Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, there's, by believing, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, by believing, trusting him, and all of his promises to me, I have peace. So just a word on justification again. Justification, being justified, means God declares you just. God declares you right, righteous, pure, perfect, acceptable, acceptable 
He does. He declares you that. How? I'm not. No, that's the gospel. Through faith, faith in Jesus, the foundation, the purchaser, the, the, the blood provider of all the promises. I, I believe in Jesus, and when I believe, I'm united to Jesus, and what Jesus was, he was for me, and God looks upon his righteousness as mine and his punishment as mine. And therefore, in spite of all my sins, God is my friend. You just take a deep breath. If God is your friend, if all the anger that God had against you in your sin is gone, and all he feels towards you is for your well-being, which is true, God never does anything for the justified except do them good. Nothing. Even our disciplines unto blood, Hebrews 12, are for our holiness and our good. This is the difference that it makes when Christ comes into the world, dies for our sins, provides our perfection, we believe, 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 we trust him. God says, justified, peace. I know that in these services, and I'm speaking to Sunday morning as well as Saturday night, Lots of people come to church on this weekend who, who don't usually come to church. They're not interested necessarily in Christ and Bible and salvation and justification, all these things. I just want to say something really clear after trying to say what that peace with God is through Jesus. It's not by our deeds. It's not by our tradition, whether Baptist or Catholic or Lutheran or Methodist or Presbyterian. It's not by baptism. It's not by church membership. It's not by piety. It's not by parentage. It is by faith alone. This is the core of our gospel. Christ died in our place. Christ provided an alien righteousness for us that is not ours and Christ bore our punishment and he offers it to every single human being and it is received by faith alone and when that faith happens we are united with him and his righteousness is ours and we have peace with God and there isn't anything sweeter to go to bed on or get up on tomorrow morning got to fight the devil here because he doesn't like Christmas and he likes people to be miserable on Christmas morning and Christmas Eve. Oh, he will mess this up if he possibly can. So I'm giving you weapons here, okay? Giving you weapons with which to fight for your peace. That's number one, the most important, peace with God. Number two, peace with yourself. And what I mean there is that we are 
torn up in ourselves, nobody else even around, by guilt and by untold diversities of anxieties and amorphous instabilities. (laughs) Choose your word. Bad feelings that have no reason for being there. We're just torn up by these. What do you do with them? You believe the promises. And here's the sweet text. This is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. And the opposite of anxiety is peace. So have peace. Paul, Paul's saying enjoy peace. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, roll, roll the anxieties. Give them to God. Tell him just exactly how you feel. God knows you can't pull the wool over God's eyes. Just tell him how you've got doubts. Tell him how you've got guilt. Tell him how you've got anxieties. Tell him how crummy and, and non-Christian you feel. And just roll it. Roll it onto him. And then listen. And the peace, this is verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, you're under attack, friend. What's this guard business? Why, why would you need to be guarded by peace? Because you've got an enemy in here and out there, and he wants to destroy your peace at any cost, by any means, with any kind of unsettled feeling. And you know what? All the rational things you can come up with confirm your loss of peace. Of course I shouldn't have peace. Here are the ten reasons my reason can provide. That's why he says, above all reason. (laughs) There will be moments when your fear, your anxiety, your sense of guilt is totally rational and warranted as far as you can tell. What will you do then? Sometimes, and Paul Tripp pointed out one time that we've got to beware of our inner lawyer coming to our defense too quickly. We got another one, namely a prosecuting attorney. There's two lawyers in me. Oh, I'm good at defending myself, big time. He kicks into action lots. Oh, there's another one. He goes into action at 5 a.m., 6. What do you do? With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, you tell him, you tell God, your friend, your friend. He's not the issue here, he's your friend. And you tell him what's going on, and you ask him, and the peace of God I have experienced. I'm 65 years old. This is not new to me, and it doesn't get easier. Sorry about that. But about 
54 years of doing this, he's faithful. I'm a Christian. I'm standing here. Exhibit A. I'm loving this moment. I'm loving you. I'm loving the gospel. I'm loving Christmas. I'm loving Jesus. Why? He came. A thousand times he came. And he set up guard around this so fickle head and heart of mine. It's my only hope. Why are you going to be a Christian when you wake up tomorrow? Not you. Because God shows up in the morning fighting for you, not against you. So many guilt, so many worries, so many threats, so many confusions, so many uncertainties, and so much rational support they get from our brain. I am thankful for the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And inexplicably, 10 a.m., 3 a.m., or 3 p.m., it's better. It's better. <laughs> They'll do that this Christmas. Roll, roll it tonight. Just roll it. Take all the stuff and roll it. Get alone for a few minutes and just roll it off of you onto him and ask for that. Say, God, I've got relationships to deal with, which is where we're going right now. I've got to know some measure of peace because I can't walk into this without knowing it's okay here and it's okay here. That's number two. Number three, last one the relationship with other people. And here is the one where you have least control. And therefore, you have to say it really cautiously the way Paul says it in Romans 12, like this. This is Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Isn't that wonderfully realistic? <laughs> Many of you... And this is really why I'm preaching this sermon. <laughs> I'm just so aware of this. So many of you are walking into situations tonight. You already have, or you will tomorrow morning, or you will tomorrow night, of wider family that don't always get together, and it's just going to be hard. There's one or two, or maybe everybody is awkward, and it's just so unhelpful to be here. I, I have to be here, but I wish I could be with all my friends. God is calling you to that. Don't, don't walk away from that. Don't do that. Just make sure, got this really clean, really clear, my friend, and this just rolled over. So don't, don't take this with you. You've got enough problems with the people. You don't need yourself to be the problem. And the key here, again, I think, is believing. So justified by faith and believing the promises that God will give you the peace that passes all understanding. And now I'm going to give you one more text and, and say that believing is the key as you navigate Christmas with family. And I don't want to make it sound bleak. Some of you are just 
totally thrilled with the people you're going to be with and it's just going to be as sweet as it can possibly be and that's wonderful. I, I'm thankful for that and you should be too. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. I'll, I'll just bear witness. This text over the last two years, say, has been probably the dominant indictment of me and the dominant help to me. So I, I think it's what most marriages need I think it's what most parents need. I think it's what most uncles and aunts and grandmothers and brothers and sisters, all the dynamics, this is what we need. And it's a miracle, but let's look at it. Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Like there's somebody else involved here, isn't there? (laughs) Like the Holy Spirit and Christ and God the Father. Let it be put away from you along with all malice. So any any ill will, just let let it be taken away. And here's the positive, verse 32. Be kind. Here's these three amazing words. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. That's probably the one that's needed most of all. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, what's needed tomorrow? Kindness, tender heartedness, forgiveness. At least that half of the forgiveness that you're responsible for. And if, I, if I'm on track with Paul, the reason he ended verse 32 the way he did, as God in Christ forgave you, as you're enjoying this sweet, undeserved peace here, be amazed I really believe it. If I could just, if I could wave a wand and make anything happen, it would be this. I really believe the secret of being kind and tender-hearted and forgiving is being amazed that you are forgiven as a sinner. And I mean amazed. I don't mean knowledge. I mean amazed. Are you more amazed that in spite of all your wrongs, He has forgiven you, or are you more amazed that you continually be wronged? If the dominant emotion is, I feel like I shouldn't be wronged again. They shouldn't have said what they said or brought it up again. They shouldn't have. Well, of course they shouldn't have. What good is that? A feeling of vindication, a feeling of justification, while everything falls apart. That's not what this text is saying. How do you feel tender if you've been pounded? I only know one possible answer. Be amazed that you're forgiven. Just amazed. Just amazed. Self-righteousness is another way of describing the non-amazement at being forgiven. 
That's what self-righteousness is. Well, of course I've been forgiven. (laughs) No, it's not of course. That's what self-righteousness, and it's the most dangerous thing in the world. It's, It's seeing God send his son, his only son, not spare him from spitting and beard pulling and piercing and shame for his enemies, us. It's being amazed. It's being amazed that enables you not to be embittered 40 years after the grievance. I know relationships. I'm walking into relationships where the grievances are 40 years old and they won't let them go. How does that come about? Not amazed. I've sat with Noel and talked about some of the dynamics out there. And all he says, they're not amazed that they're forgiven. They're not. So, in conclusion, keep trusting God, trusting God. He knows what he's doing. Keep his glory, not your success or your effectiveness in peacemaking, supreme. Keep his glory supreme. You will not prove effective in every peacemaking situation. Keep his glory and this sweet relationship of friendship. Keep it clear. Keep it clean. Let him wash your feet. Know and own a peace that passes all understanding by continually rolling your anxieties over onto him and letting him become the the guard around your attacked mind and heart. And then just keep walking in to situations ready to reconcile, ready to forgive, ready to love. Seventy times Seven. Year after year after year for 40 years, if necessary. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Came on a day to a city as a Savior for our sins, a Christ to fulfill our hopes, a Lord to make us safe and secure. And he did it for two reasons, that God would get glory and that we would know peace. And knowing peace would be peacemakers. Father, I pray for all of us, as we walk into family situations, that you would give amazing peace. I thank you with all my heart that Christ died for our sins and that he provided a righteousness by which we are justified and that you are our friend now, even though you are infinitely holy and we have remaining corruption You're our friend. 
And then I thank you that you have taught us over and over that there is a peace that passes all understanding, peace that is brought about in ways the, the, the reasonable mind cannot figure out because it is supernaturally done and given. And I thank you that you have given so many in this church so much grace. I have experienced, I've been on the receiving end of untold grace in this church. And I thank you for it. Make us all now streams of reconciliation, streams of peace in the church, in the family, yes, Lord, and in the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.